When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. One of the interesting things about our botanical-style aquariums is that when we embrace natural processes, the aquariums function and look more natural, too. Now, it seems kind of funny to say that, but it's true. When we consider the influences which act upon our aquariums, the idea makes more sense. Check out, you know, underwater videos and photos of environments like the flooded forests and streams of the Amazonian region and places like that, and you'll see that your botanical-style aquarium is a much closer aesthetic approximation uh, of nature than almost any type of system you've ever worked with before because of the way it's composed and maintained. This is a significant thing, really. It's not just something we can just write off. And to your comfort, you'll find that these aquariums, loaded with leaves and botanical materials though they may be, are as biologically stable as any other if you follow regular maintenance and common sense. This is a significant thing. I think we have to get it out of our heads that the look of our tanks in terms of tinted water, biofilms, and fungal growth, and decomposition, all that stuff, does not imply that they are somehow dirtier than other types of aquarium systems. It's a really important distinction, something that I think we need to think about. Uh, it's a myth that's persisted for a while, and it's something that I hope we're doing our best to dispel it. But let's get back to maintenance for a second. So what's the most important maintenance practice that we can employ to um, help our botanical-style aquariums thrive? Well, no surprise here, it's water exchanges. So what's a good water exchange regimen? I would say, uh, 10% per week would be great. It's what I've used for decades and it's served me and my animals very well. Easier still would be to employ two 5% water exchanges, you know, twice a week. It's way easier than you think and has the added advantage of sort of keeping you in intimate contact with your tank on a very frequent basis. Now I get it, a lot of people don't like to do that. And when you're changing water, you can easily, you know, complete a few other regular maintenance tasks at the same time with a minimum of extra, you know, time and effort, you know, changing filter media, cleaning, um, you know, fil uh, filter outlets, stuff like that. Now, regardless, again, of how frequently you change your water, just do it consistently. In fact, I'll humbly borrow that classic Nike advertising tagline of just do it. And of course, this inevitably leads to the topic of siphoning. Like, how much stuff do you remove? And doesn't it disturb the litter or botanical bed when you do that? And should you even remove anything from this area? I'm going to actually argue that we should, and here's why. You really, here's why you don't really want to go crazy. I'm not going to say don't ever touch it, but this is why you don't want to go crazy and siphon all out, out all of the stuff in your leaf litter or botanical bed. It's about things we've talked about many times before. It's about the diverse life forms that we foster in these beds. Much like in nature, leaf and botanical beds host an enormous population of fauna, ranging from fungal growth to other microorganisms and small crustaceans. Now these organisms, as we've discussed many, many times here, not only form part of the food chain within our captive ecosystems, 
They also offer huge benefits to the aquarium as a means to process and export nutrients from within the botanical style aquarium. When we disturb this layer of materials with aggressive siphoning and stirring and remove all the decomposing leaves and detritus, not only are we invading the homes of these organisms, we're potentially removing their food sources as well and disrupting the very processes which keep our systems stable and biologically viable for extended periods of time. I guess you have to look at it this way. The entire botanical style aquarium is a living, breathing entity in which a variety of organisms are dependent upon and support each other. This is a really big thing. We'll, we've drummed it into your head a lot over the years and we'll keep doing it and we'll probably do it again even in, the, in this podcast. Now, during water exchanges, of course, it's inevitable that some stuff gets moved around. And don't worry about that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Don't get stressed if you stir some stuff up. Your tank's going to be just fine. Think about natural leaf litter beds and streams that they reside in and the processes which influence their composition, their structure, and their resilience. Many leaf litter beds are long-term static features in their natural habitats, almost like reefs are in the ocean, actually. Yet there's a fair amount of material being shifted around constantly by current, rain, flooding, and of course the activities of fishes. Yeah, stuff does get disturbed and redistributed. The organisms which reside in these systems deal with these dynamics effectively. They have for eons. So don't freak out if a leaf gets knocked away during, you know, your regular maintenance procedure. The benthic microfauna, which our fishes tend to feed on, are also affected by this phenomenon. And as mentioned above, uh, they tend to follow the food, making the, this a case of the fishes learning to adapt to a changing environment. And perhaps, maybe, the idea of fishes sort of having to constantly adjust to a ever-changing physical environment, notice I didn't say chemical, could be some sort of a trigger hidden deep in their genetic code that perhaps stimulates overall health, immunity, spawning, resistance to disease, that kind of stuff. Something in their programming that says you're at home, triggering specific adaptive behaviors. I find this possibility at least fascinating because we can learn far more about our fish's behaviors and create really interesting habitats for them simply by adding botanicals to our aquariums and allowing them to do their thing, to break down and they decompose and recruit these biofilms and fungal growths and so forth and to move about the water as we change or conduct maintenance activities or as we add new pieces from time to time or just as the fishes move them around. Again, much like what happens in nature. So yeah, the maintenance practice of water exchanges, which we employ in our aquariums, not only benefits our fishes in well-documented ways, it also replicates the processes which occur in nature on a most realistic level. Nothing we mention here, I know, is earth-shattering or revolutionary, you know, from a, an aquarium husbandry standpoint. It's time-tested stuff, we kind of all know this. However, seeing that for many hobbyists, this is their first experience in managing a botanical-style blackwater aquarium, we get a lot of questions about this kind of stuff and with tons of conflicting information out there discussing concepts like, you know, breaking down a tank after a few months, you know, and to, to look different for a new competition or whatever, or fear over, you know, stuff breaking down in your tank and deteriorating the water quality and, you know, you can't keep these things long term and all this kind of confusion. It's not a bad idea to remove this stuff, to review this stuff from time to time. In natural botanical style aquariums, seldom are big moves or corrections required. Rather, it's a combination of little things done consistently over time, which will see your aquarium thrive in the long run, like water changes. It's about adopting a different way of looking at things. 
It's about seeing our aquariums as diverse, dynamic, interdependent microcosms in which all sorts of influences exerted upon them help drive growth, health, and change. Mental shifts, once again. It's the name of the game. That's today's simple thought. Stay consistent, stay observant, stay diligent, stay informed, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Bellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.